The views expressed on this podcast represent only those of the hosts and do not represent the views of the Student National Medical Association. The annual Medical Education Conference 2023 will be held in person in Hartford, Connecticut at the Connecticut Convention Center from April 5th to April 9th, 2023. AMEC gives attendees several days of innovative programming geared at preparing the next generation of physicians for successful careers in medicine. With tons of educational workshops and programs focused on academic and clinical success, professional development, and personal growth, AMEC is a premier experience that catapults attendees toward becoming clinically excellent, culturally competent, and socially conscious physicians. Have you purchased your AMEC tickets yet? If not, we have a surprise for you. SNMA Presents the Lounge will be giving away one ticket to one special person. The giveaway is open from January 20th and closes January 27th, 2023. The winner will be announced on Friday, February 3rd, 2023. To participate, follow SNMA underscore official on Instagram for more details. What's up, everyone? Happy New Year and welcome to SNMA Presents The Lounge. Whether you're in the student lounge, doctor's lounge, or just lounging around at home, get ready to join SNMA for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of healthcare. I'm Dr. Aldwin. And our question today is, what is one thing you've checked in and checked out for the new year? For myself, I've checked in to self-preservation, protecting my mental health, being uh, diligent and doing my due diligence to uh, continue to work, walk, walk in my confidence. And I think that this year is going to be one where I'll be battle tested and I'm ready to be God's strongest warrior this year like I was last year, too. That's OK. Put the burden on me. Uh and I think it's a great time to be alive, to be breathing, to to live in my truth. And I'm going to continue doing that. And what I checked out um, for the new year, man, no more running the tabs up. When you're going out with the shorties, you're not running the tabs up. It's two drink maximum, bro. Last year, I spent way too much bread. I was looking over my financials. I spent way too much bread going out. So I checked out and now deliberately going to tell Tell y'all, hey, here's what it is. All right. If you feel type of way, it is what it is. All right. It's a fifty dollar max on the first date. Say, <laughs> say what you want. Or we go to cafe. We go to Central Park. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm struggling out here. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a doctor, but I still gotta make moves for my future. You know what I mean? That's a lot right. of people, they're not necessarily invested in your future. They're invested in taking, but never giving. So <laughs> not saying all women do that, but I'm just being real. That's that's what I, you know, really checked out. Uh, um, but how about y'all, though? Uh, Erica, let us know. <laughs> What's up? What's up, everybody? Again, <clears throat> this is student Dr. Erica Dingle. And one thing that I've checked in is becoming more active and um, pretty much caring about my overall, like, health. Um mm-hmm. I need to be more active. So that is something I'm actively pursuing this year. And one thing that I have checked out is being overly stressed by situations I cannot control. Mm. Um, 
we hear all the time to control the controllables and the things that, you know, you really have control over. But I don't think we practice that as uh, intentionally as we can. But I am making it my business to continue to mind my business, mind the business <laughs> mm-hmm. that pays me Fair. and really to not stress over things I can't control. It's just not worth it. Life is entirely too short. Mm. Love that. Hey, everyone. I'm student Dr. Isabella. Happy New Year once again to our listeners. Um, One thing I have checked in this year. So I have checked in living more intentionally in my overall life. Um, I think like with medical school, then more recently, thank God, finishing my clerkship year, but before kind of feeling like all of my time, thank you, all of my time wasn't my own and like kind of, you know, making excuses as to why I can't do this or go this place or, you know, do this thing that makes me happy. I think now I'm going to be living like life more intentionally in terms of doing things that make me happy, even if it doesn't necessarily align with like my overall, you know, schedule, just kind of doing it without fear. So definitely checking that in uh, for the new year. In terms of what I'm checking out, um, what am I checking out? I think I'm checking out allowing, I think wasting time on things that won't matter in the future. So um, in terms of like wasting time on men who aren't going to do anything for me like i feel like i was like you know Mm. going on dates with pointless men who i knew that this is not going to lead to anything or this is not going to like feed my soul Mm -hmm. in any way or lead to anything that aligns with my goals it's almost kind of reflective of my (laughs) (laughs) can you let me finish (laughs) i I didn't see him oh you can hear me no no i was whispering damn Damn. Uh, oh my gosh okay (laughs) Okay, so now that our listeners know that you're self-sabotaging me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> self-sabotage. I didn't even know he was looking at me. Damn. Damn. Um, anyway, to just make a long story short, it's like just not wasting time on things that aren't going to eventually lead to my happiness. It's kind of tied into the checking in part, which is like mm. living intentionally. I'm checking out not living intentionally. Like there, there are two in the same coin, basically. So yeah, that's it. Good. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, thank you guys for, you know, letting the family know and SNMA audience know what's up, how we checked in and checked out. And I hope y'all are checking into your goals and checking out what you don't need in your life. So make sure you sit down, write it down, know your goals, know where you're going. But you know what time it is? It's time to run the list. So for our preclinical students, running the patient list on awards allows the team to address pressing matters of the day. In this segment of the show, we'll be discussing some recent events in medicine and beyond affecting our communities and the populations we serve. So our first topic, first topic today is on uh, Mr. Kevin <laughs> McCarthy. And I'll be honest, I didn't know who this cat was before this last week. And we know what it is with Congress and everything going on there. There's a lot of old heads and there's a lot of changes in the political infrastructure. But crazily mm-hmm. enough... There's been 15 rounds of voting on Kevin McCarthy. And the last time that they had to be in this position was, I believe, in the 1920s or 1930s. So it's been almost 100 years mm, that they yeah. had to go through multiple rounds to vote uh, for a Speaker of the House. 
The 118th Congress convened on Tuesday to vote, but as we mentioned, things didn't go uh, as 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 was planned. It actually took 15 roll call votes, days of negotiations, and several late night pizza deliveries, mm-hmm. which is taxpayer money, by the way. I bet. So I'm excited <laughs> about that, but whatever. Right. <laughs> Before he was eventually elected. Now, why is this a big deal? Until a Speaker of the House is elected, new members of Congress can't be officially sworn in and, and committees couldn't be formed. Speaker of the House is the third most powerful position in the pres- presidential line of succession. Mm-hmm. And as many as 24 right Republicans, including Representative Matt Geitz and Lauren Bobert, who could only afford to lose four votes given the slim majority of the GOP had over the House Democrats. The Democrats were all lockstep behind the man, the guy, the leader, Hakeem. I love, who would have thought we would have had a Hakeem in Senate and Congress? That's true. Hakeem Jeffries. Listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But how y'all feel about this, by the way? I'll let y'all take this over. Like, what y'all think about what's going on in the political infrastructure? I mean, the Republicans are going Republican, like at the end of the day, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think we were all watching and just not surprised, but not shocked. I think that's just the state of American politics in today's age. Like we've seen it for the last however many years Mm -hmm. um, Mm. before, you know, pre-Biden, during Trump, post-Trump. We've just all been in awe but again right. not really so not really shocked by the buffoonery that takes place in our u.s government um mm. and you mentioned it all when like this was such a big deal <clears throat> excuse me because like they could not swear in new <laughs> new members of congress it's crazy until mm. this person you know, whoever was going to be was elected. Um, right. And it's just, you know, it, it makes you wonder, like, again, these are our government right, officials, right. our elected officials, not our, because I don't think anyone on the podcast is. I'm, yeah, I the podcast do not represent <laughs> SNMA. However, right. I don't think any of my co-hosts are, you know, voting for any Republicans in office. But right. it just goes to show, like, the House holds, you know, it, yep. it, it's very, very enthralled and in, intertwined with everything else that needs to occur mm-hmm. in the United States. So to hold up government because this man c- couldn't get votes, like days of negotiations. Right. Not a day. It took days. Um, so disgusting. America gone America. What can I say? I mean, it's just kind of ironic that we literally have Biden, a whole Democrat in the office, and somehow we <laughs> brought back a man who like, floridly always supported trump and everything that he kind of stood for so i'm just like mm, like them wiggling wiggling themselves back into the political space isn't surprising to me i mean they always have had this desperate you know energy about themselves anyway but i just think that it's it's just kind of making sure that we don't let whatever their overall objectives or goals are with having him in office kind of take away all of the work we've done thus far um having mm-hmm. the biden and uh, kamala harris administration in in power so let's just kind of see how everything plays out because it, it's at this point it's a waiting game is, is how yeah. i see it you know did you it's... guys 
Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, you know, like, it's so disgusting to me that they're taking days to, and all of this political landscape and all that, but we got people actually in the streets. We got mothers who can't afford diapers and formula yeah. right now. We got mm-hmm. people that's trying to get jobs, and y'all, and they themselves, they good. Their family's good. Their family yeah, right. is fed. But we got people out here that's really struggling to survive, and y'all worried about, oh, we don't like this guy, so... But yeah. one week, when we talk about one week in the landscape, y'all y'all doing a job for the people. It's not for yourself. And I think that too right. many egos are involved in that in that infrastructure that affects mm-hmm. so many of us, the people that mm-hmm. we can't we can't even get there to get there enough representation. So mm-hmm. it just like annoys me that they're never mindful of the people, but rather their own egos and what mm-hmm. they want to accomplish and what they want to befit for whatever the party is doing. So it's uh like it. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm honestly, I'm honestly not surprised, you know. And like Erica said, America's going America, and we got to continue living through this thing, what we call every daily struggle in America. And that's why I don't necessarily yeah. rock with that. You know what I mean? Did you guys see? It's a. There was an image of um, like in. They were f- like about to fight <laughs> on, yeah. on the house floor between yep. um, like that's Gates, uh, a Gates and a McCarthy supporter in it. <laughs> They about pop all this throwing hands in there. It's like, yo, get the box of gloves. Let's like, up. Yeah. What what? Ding, ding, ding. A whole, a whole U.S. government. This is how we're behaving. Yeah, yeah I supposed to. Yeah. It was low key reminiscent of. I don't know if y'all ever watched the series House of Cards, um, mm-hmm. but it it was I did giving... not with Kevin Spacey. Okay. Yeah, he's really dropped. I actually just no. saw it on Netflix. That like saw it like go through my feed on Netflix, and I like thought this looks like a good show. Like you guys recommend it? it? I, oh, okay, I, sorry, we're this is an aside, but I just binged it over the last like really month or so. a lot of twists. Oh yeah, wow! It's really good, but it just it kind of gives you insight into the inner workings of the government, but right. It there's just so much craziness that occurs behind the scene, and then mm-hmm. even like bigger than this. I mean, we remember former speaker Nancy Pelosi, and now right. we can kind of compare and contrast like the optics mm-hmm. from Nancy exactly. Pelosi's time elegance, in government versus class. his. Yep. Yeah, elegance class, um, and just I, I I almost feel like more respect even from right. her peers, yeah. colleagues in those spaces and right. it makes me kind of question like exactly what will this pretend for our new congress um yeah. like how exactly having a leader that that people did not support 15 mm-hmm. rounds of voting now they That's have crazy. to actually trust what this man decides and goes along with like how right. exactly will this affect issues that are withstanding within the government right um lots of questions that are at hand, but hopefully they can get it together. We'll see. So in addition to that, we have another <coughs> first time congressman, uh, George George Santos, who's out here telling nothing but lies and deceit Man. regarding um his his past. So speaker <coughs> excuse me. Speaker Kevin McCarthy needed all the votes he could get from House Republicans and this, which is probably why he has had very little to say about first term congressman George Santos. So he's a Mm. Republican from New York and Mm. Santos has been getting flamed Mm. in the media since he was exposed for lying about most, if not his entire resume. So a list of the lies, right? 
he said that he's attended Horace Mann High School. That was determined that it was. Wait, false. is that? It was, sorry to, to to cut you. Horace Mann in Arkansas? No, no it's in As the Bronx. It's oh, a the Bronx. Private school, private school yeah. in the Bronx. I was going to say, did he pretend to be a civil rights activist? Okay, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Because, From Brazil. <laughs> Please. Okay. Then, then uh, that he graduated from Baruch, which is also here in New York in 2010 mm. with a degree in economics and finance. With a 3.89 GPA, which was cap. Oh, oh we talked about the GPA and, too? Yeah. <laughs> he never attended there. Additionally, that he worked with Goldman Sachs in Citigroup on Wall Street. Wow. And that he earned an MBA from NYU. So and, and this man is sitting in these hearings, not hearings, but well, are they hearings? Whatever. He's sitting mm-hmm. in these meetings as if, you know, nothing ever happened and like he belongs. Um I just want to say, if this was a, a black person, what would he have even? You're finished. Been, uh, would he have even been a, a even, citizen anymore? You're not like, even smell the the, <laughs> the the first step into the actual Capitol building. <laughs> like it's crazy how someone literally like he fabricated a whole story about himself, and somehow no one did any kind know. of background check. Nothing on this guy. They just believed it because what he was even what is he white or what is he's he? Hispanic. He's from Brazil. He's Can from we even Brazil. believe that too? He could probably just be a little bit tanner than. <laughs> <laughs> Brazil got a lot of sun. Confirmed. I think that was confirmed. Are you kidding but- me? Most consequentially, though, in terms of campaign finance laws, there are questions of where his campaign funds came from because Mm. he reports loaning his campaign $700,000, but really hasn't given a clear answer as to where the money came from. And Mm. he's also had donations to his campaign from certain groups and entities that are not uh, registered with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. So, yeah, America called America. This is a type of buffoonery. Like, how do you expect to trust the political system when you got any and anybody that's going, getting up to that stage? How, how do I expect to trust someone to represent my values and thoughts? Right. When you lying, if you could lie about that, then what else can you do? If right. You, if you can't even prove to me that you're trustful enough to let them know, like, all right, this is what my loan, whatever, that I have right. this and that degree, then how, how can I have the expectation that you're going to put on for what I need you to put on for? And if right. I, you're doing the you doing the Bronx down bad, bro. Like you didn't go to Horace Mann <laughs> High School. Like you lying about your GPA. Like I'm just wondering, like, like, like Erica, like you said, like how do you even get to that position? Like there's so much work that has to be done. Like these schools aren't checking for you, a person at that level. You know what I mean? I can like tell you, money talks. Yeah. Look, but the way it seems, it don't seem like he got bread. I mean, maybe well, he got bread from other people, though. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if these entities that's are true. not registered with the SEC, and I mean, this is an aside, but that's Bernie true. Madoff, there's something yeah. out about, I know this has nothing to do with this, but t- the point I'm trying to prove is this man went uh, undisclosed twice with yeah. issues, um, not having the SEC clear finances and yeah. Bernie Madoff, right? Right, right. Like right. A big, there was a big scandal with that Ponzi a scheme. few years back. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. like the SEC is not sec Exactly. <laughs> so, and the gag, is, the gag is that this man, I was reading the CNN article, this man is saying he still plans to represent himself in Congress. Buddy, what? We, we have the truth. Step down, we, bro. Like Nassau what? County's not going to allow that. The, I will say this because being from New York and I'm Nassau County adjacent, mm-hmm. um, they no are, they will 
rise up voting. when they need to mm. and they are calling for him to resign i know yeah. he's saying that he's not but they will continue to like raise hell if you will he'll do um, job. He'll job. yeah yeah wow he was sworn in eventually um right and yeah during the time of the swearing in he was allegedly seen giving the white power symbol yep um what is that what does that look like this song they do this little joint like on the bottom right here like it's like a little okay sign (laughs) yeah like one hand is kind of towards the bottom i'm not sure which side with like like alban said an okay looking sign um numbers number of people have it's a random on social media yeah it's a random gesture to do while you're talking basically like it doesn't make sense that you're making an okay sign like you got to deliberately think to do that when i'm talking or publicly speaking like (laughs) my hands might be open like you know what i'm saying and moving right but the fact that you actually like did the actual signature like a gang it's equivalent to a gang sign essentially you know what i'm saying like i'm not gonna be popping west coast like this while i'm talking about (laughs) you know what i mean like biochem or something like that (laughs) you feel right right it's crazy that's crazy So on the one hand, we have this man full of lies. And on the other hand, we have someone out here who's just spilling the truth. I mean, (laughs) y'all saw Prince Harry in that book that just came out, Spare? That is is just a work of... Give us the details. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not reading that book, bro. Like, I'm calling him Harry. He ain't no prince. I don't celebrate nobody. Nobody prince to (laughs) to me or anybody in this world. I don't know why all the tabloids and media call him Prince, yo. This man is Harry, bro. Okay. He ain't do he ain't nothing different. I don't give a damn about his story. <laughs> I'm not reading a book. Yeah. Like, no, like I don't really care. No, I'm just saying, like, it's like so much, like, they give him so much. It's like, yo, you live a luxurious life. What it's not gonna contribute anything to my life to learn about the fact that your your your, your family took trillions of dollars from the Caribbean, <laughs> from Africa. And you you have a whole museum filled with uh, 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 items that were stole from India, Africa, the Caribbean, and mm. they have yet to apologize for that. So the mm. fact that matters, of course, you don't have control of that. It's a side, but the yeah. fact that we just getting him so much is like getting me tight because it's like, what what is he what is he truly like accomplishing with this book? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it truly? What is the value of it for other people? You, you know, all suffering? the. I didn't realize I was opening this can of worms. You're very, very, you know, I'll say this, right? For our listeners, for my co-hosts, everybody, for the makings of this podcast, we will refer to him as Prince Harry because that is the title that he goes by in his public persona. I'm calling him Harry. Whether whether you see him as a prince or you see him as whatever, a regular... I, you know, we'll call him Prince Harry for the for the purpose of this uh, you, you, podcast. You, you bow down to the white man's colonialism. Ooh, this is not what's happening today. Ooh, we are about to learn you, about Prince exactly Harry. What so, Prince Harry. So, you will bow down. But, All right. Um, so, everyone, be sorry. I'm just going to take uh, the accountability for my co-host right now. I didn't realize this is such a sensitive topic for him. But in terms of the book, Spare, um, it has, you know, become a very fast-selling nonfiction book. It sold already 1.43 million copies on its first day in both the UK, US, and Canada. And he actually details that his previous drafts of the book were two times as long than the actual final version that came out, which is 400 mm-hmm. pages. And then he had to actually take out a lot of details because he knew his family was just never going to forgive him after it came out. So Mm -hmm. basically, you know, I haven't gotten to actually read the book in its entirety. I did watch uh, the documentary. I think we talked about the documentary (laughs) in the last episode, right? About the Prince Harry and uh, 
whatever uh, what's her name megan megan uh, markle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. markle and their documentary that came on netflix so i watched that mm-hmm. in totality he didn't really mention the book i think in that but in this in this book that's now came out this is actually supposed to really give more details about his own personal life things he's encountered as mm. what he what the book is called spare and the funny thing is that the the title spare yeah. actually defines spare. what he's really been known really? as his whole life which is a spare to the throne right, right. You, he's mm-hmm. not the first heir because he's not the first born it's his brother Rich william brother, is the yeah. first born so he's always been identified as the spare child and i can only imagine what it, it what it, it, it must feel like to know that your entire existence <laughs> yeah, is yeah. just oh in case something happens to my older brother um i'm gonna matter but for now i'm just existing as you know a regular degular kid who just is going right. to be groomed in mm. the case that i have to become you know, a king or something like that. So, you know, that's the reason behind the title. But then on top of that, in the book itself, he kind of goes through all of these things that have happened throughout his life growing up as his identity as the spare child, as well as into his marriage with uh, Meghan Markle. And then how that caused a lot of rifts in the, his family, basically. Mm. So one particular instance that happened, which is um, he talked about how his brother, Prince William, physically attacked him in a dispute in 2019 and that the once close brothers persuaded their father not to marry to the queen consort, Camilla. The 38-year-old uh, former soldier, um, Harry, also revealed that he killed 25 Taliban during his time in Afghanistan, prompting outrage from military personnel and the Taliban. He even wrote about losing his virginity at 17 to an older woman in a field behind the pub like this book details some details we probably care to know about some we probably don't really want to know about on all of his account he doesn't want to know anything (laughs) but But at the end of the day the book is out and i think that for people who actually follow the royal family and actually care about what they do i mean at least we know that in the uk their existence means everything it's a part of their heritage and all that stuff outside of the uk you know, there are some countries who actually still very much care about the royal family and what yeah. they do. The U.S. probably less Jamaica, so because a lot of Caribbean countries yeah. they even teach about them exclusively in their textbooks and, and the exactly, uh, exactly. And I want to say I wasn't trying to get at you, uh, um, Isabella. I was just no, it's okay. It's I was just right. in a moment, in the heat of moment, so publicly want to say that. But um, <laughs> you know, in regards to you know, I mean, I, I don't got to go into any more detail than I need to say. I mean, I do, I do believe people, everybody needs to express their own experiences. And of course, it's going to inspire and encourage other people. And within the UK, there are people that are highly likely to listen to that. I even saw that he had talked about his private parts 14, 15 times in the book. Mm. So um, with that being said, um, this is not a decoration against Harry as an individual. It's a decoration against the empire that they represented. You know what I mean? Mm. And his mother, Diana, did some wonderful things. And I feel like everything she's done has should be is has not been reflected in what the Empire should be doing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, regardless of that, I'm happy he got a book. You know, if y'all gonna cop it, cop it. I'm not I'm not antagonizing anybody that wants to get the book. I'm just saying for myself that I'm not gonna buy that book. And whoever wants to learn from that, his experiences. Do do what you got to do, um, and overall, I think that in, in the in the in the larger landscape of things, uh, when we talk about the book and what it means to others, uh, I think that uh, for me as a person of color, it, it's denigrating. It is not responsible. It is taking away from our experiences, and that's my personal opinion. 
Harry, do you think? And I'm sad that he in the book, like you mentioned, was called Spear. And he also talks about also that one of his nieces, there or nephews, are they're going to be a Spear as well, mm-hmm. um, with uh, 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 William, his older brother. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So going through that, I can imagine there's some mental health, there's trauma behind that feeling like you're you're, you're you belong, but then you don't belong at the yeah. same time. So I can see the perspective of sharing that, and also. He said that he didn't share all the details that went on between him, his father, and his brother. And I'm sure they had, like, very exclusive, like, arguments and disagreements. And who knows what else? Maybe abuse. Who knows? I don't know what goes on in that palace, you know, at the end of the day. So I'm happy he's able to share his story. But at the same time, I respect that, you know, I'm pro-black. And I respect that I got a rep for my ancestors. And what he got going on is not necessarily reflective of what we need to be doing for our own society uh, as a black community, black culture. Yeah. I think it's just entertainment at the end of the day. Like from speaking, I'm black, so I can speak, I think from other black experiences, Mm -hmm. I just feel like (laughs) entertainment, you know, whether you feel suppressed or oppressed, entertainment is always going to peak. Right. And um, in addition to it being, something for entertainment purposes to your point earlier about the life that he's lived and, you know, the trauma he's probably endured. This Mm -hmm. might be a cathartic moment for him. Um, Just given everything that he's experienced over the last, however many years it's been since him and uh, Meghan Markle have been together. I, you know, I think everybody reaches a tipping point at times where it's like, yo, enough is enough. I'm going to live in my truth. Mm-hmm. And from what I've read, I read um, not the book. I think I do want to read it just entertainment purposes. But um, the New York Times article kind of detailed the book, the the authors saying, yeah. you know, the book is all over the place. Um, it's <laughs> emotional, like emotionally and physically. Um, and just, yeah, I think it really gives... Uh, Prince Harry an opportunity for people who have probably judged him for the duration of his life an inside look you know maybe sparing others and maybe not sparing others that have caused him the trauma Mm. that he did deal with Um, and you know like we're in a day where people really want to be able to express themselves and discuss yeah. their you know yeah. the lives that they've lived of course. yeah it's a royal family but are they gonna make him sign like they should have made him sign an nda exactly if, if they didn't want all of this out and yeah they sweating um, they sweating oh yeah, for sure and, you know and they right to your point earlier about the injustices that they've caused so many people like maybe this is you know you reap what you sow like Exactly. It is what it is, and they've they've caused this man a lot of turmoil, personal pain, yeah, yeah. over the last four years. So I yeah. stand with Prince Harry. Speak your truth. It Me may too. not be mine, but I I can empathize with wanting to, yeah, have a moment in life where you say enough is enough. Here's right. what it is. Stop trying to front as if this wasn't the life that you dealt me. Mm. Right. Like, mm. Let him let him live. Um. So right. I support it. Hundred percent. Chips are gonna fall where they're gonna fall. Facts. And and with keeping uh keeping in the same, I guess, vein of turmoil, unfortunately, our beloved California has been West experiencing side. some turmoil. Yeah. Um, unprecedented, right? And California's had times of drought, 
Mm-hmm. Um, now they're seeing severe, like severe, heavy rainfalls um, mm-hmm. right. and storms that have plagued the Golden State for what the past two weeks. <clears throat> first bringing relief to a state that has experienced, like I mentioned, record droughts for the past several years, but the destruction that's being experienced right now, it's claimed the lives of at least 18 people. Um, Sacramento County specifically has been one of the hardest hit. At least five people have died there. The highest toll anywhere in the state. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so sad. Three who died in their cars on a flooded highway, two unhoused people in the capital city by falling trees. Um, And nearly 26 million California residents were under a flood watch um, late Saturday morning. I'm not sure which Saturday. I'm assuming one of the weeks that this was occurring, according to Andrew Orison, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service um, in College Park, Maryland. So, mm. you know, we're really sending you guys all the positive vibes. You know, SNMA is filled with members from all over the United States. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and there are medical schools in California, maybe not necessarily Sacramento County, but mm-hmm. we just we want you to know we're thinking of you and praying for you if you've been affected, if your family members have been affected. Yeah. Um, but again, environment, like the concerns that I feel like should be on the table of our political leaders, <clears throat> global warming, environmental yeah. hazards Facts. here right in our faces in the beginning of the year. Exactly. Um, do you guys have any, <laughs> it's a weird, not a weird question. I feel like we're from the East coast, but mm-hmm. I have some environmental concerns, honestly, because oh, yeah. the weather over here even has been so nice lately yeah and it concerns me because you know tornadoes they come when it's like that that really nice weather and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you feel the cold coming in right yep and there have been tornadoes recently in um selma alabama so georgia too south georgia people dying griffin georgia yeah yeah I'm personally scared. Uh, tornadoes have touched down in New York before too. Like yeah, yeah. New Jersey, yeah, so. Hurricane Sandy. I'll never forget it, man. Oh, that was wild. I'll never forget it. Didn't have hot power. Didn't I was cold it. for days. I think I was sick during that time too, and the hospitals didn't even have power either. I felt Isn't like I was living. Crazy? It was so insane. Like I never saw America in that. Like I never thought that America could be a place where that could happen, which is a little bit ignorant on my part to say. But like I was young back then, so it was like you never. Yeah think that something like that will happen to you when everything in your life thus far you always had power you always had you know water that was running warm like Mm -hmm. and it's crazy for some people this is a everyday thing for them you know what i'm trying to say like it's you you really have to be grateful for little things like just having a roof over your head heat working like those things are not something we should be taking for granted because it's not necessarily a guaranteed thing for other people across the world so you know definitely definitely sending you know prayers and thoughts to uh california through this time i gotta pay my light bill but yeah, no, for real. Like, that was we, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the heat worker, and I'm like, oh, let me make sure my journey is working still. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, my condolences to everyone experiences. And I think, yeah, climate change is such a huge topic that we just don't look at. You know, we mm-hmm. are burning all these gases. And we look at even in New York City, pollution rates are so significantly high that you have certain areas like in the Bronx, the Cross Bronx was once it was instituted in the Bronx, it increased the rates of asthma and a lot of respiratory mm-hmm. issues for a lot of mm-hmm. children. And you look at things like 
when we talk about changes in the climate, it also affects your mental health, too, because there's things like seasonal affective disorder. Right. When you're used to having hot climate and then the joint just gets completely cold or it starts raining all the time, right. people's mental health, there's actually a field called climate psychiatry where they deal with that and natural disasters, too. Oh, wow. So um, I, I feel like, you know, Congress, like this is going to be something that our, our, our progeny, like, two, three generations down the line, they're going to have significant issues with this. California is slated by the year of 2050 to be not part oh, of the United right. States, to be yeah. oh, yes, wow. along with Miami by 2100, 21, Miami, and a lot of the eastern coastal uh, cities and some of New York City included, they're going to be underwater too. So we got to make this change right now and right quick. You know, yeah. Europe, they're already on it. They got electric you know, they got when you when I was out, there's a lot of electric vehicles, even Cali, a lot of electric vehicles because they know what's going on. Even right. the train system, you know, what I'm saying is like a run on more so electric. You know what I'm saying? So we we're not like because it's not affecting us right now. We're not thinking about it, but we're hurting right. our future. So by taking these decisions, by continuing to, you know, pillage Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, the Middle East and et cetera for, for the oil and then utilizing that oil for what we need, like it's killing ourselves slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's mm -hmm. not happening today, but we have every action to prevent all of the unnecessary things that could happen in the future. And I think that it shows uh, the level of greed that we have in our society, all in mm -hmm. America, uh, um, civilization overall today. Mm -hmm. Right. Know? And something that I was thinking about in terms of environmental concerns like when it comes to being in medical school, I don't I don't even think medical students really considered this in the beginning. But for example, like I don't want to ever experience a tornado. And I know that tornadoes are kind of primary in like the Midwest, Southern Midwest or the South, whatever. But there are other types of environmental differences. For example, in Alaska, there's what they there are times when um they go without light, right? Right. Like for yeah. X amount of hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, but in thinking of those concerns, medical students have to kind of consider these when it's time for residency. Because God forbid you have seasonal affective disorder and end up in a state where... <laughs> Like you gotta go to Alaska, okay? And I will not be doing that. <laughs> Alaska will not be on my list of residency options. I promise you that. Now there may be fifty states, but I don't need to apply to all of them. You know, I can right. be selective. That, you know, there's multiple actually residency programs, even just one state. So the options are endless. So, um, but I do think what you what you state is a very like good point that people don't realize that when you apply to residency, the only factor isn't just, oh, how prestigious is the program or, oh, mm -hmm. how, mm -hmm. like, how, how much hours do I get off? Like, also you have to think right. about where in the world are you going? Are you going to a place that has sun? Will you right. come out in, like freezing and need to wear a Canadian goose every day? Like, those are the things you have to, have to think about. So, right. um, snow, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, we have to realize that in all parts of America, there are different environmental concerns that are, is going to be specific to the state. So definitely have to keep that in, in the back of your head when applying to residency. But yeah, you know, once again, we're just sending love to California. I mean, it's, it's, it's a rough time that they're going through right now. We hope that you guys will see the end of it soon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it comes to just these environmental concerns, like just situations like this, it's not just a one person job. It's going to take everybody, right? It's going to take mm-hmm. other people outside of this place to also care. And that even goes into a situation like that just happened recently too in Indiana where, um, two black women decided to care about things outside of themselves and actually fix a situation that was affecting a little baby who was literally stolen from his mother right before Christmas. Um, so yeah, the two women, Cheyenne Delmar and her cousin Mecca Curry, they're from Indianapolis and they were able to find a lost infant right before Christmas, as I just said. And it was actually five month old twins, Kaysen and Kair, who had met missing from Columbus, Ohio on December Mm -hmm. 19th. Um, they were found in the backseat of the family's vehicle when it was just carjacked. And then Kair was actually left at the Dayton International Airport. Mm. So basically just to kind of, it's crazy because I remember reading this story. I think I saw it pop up on my Twitter and I'm just like, yo, like this is like a literal like modern day, like Avengers type like story, you know, like Gosh. a real super like superhero story because we don't talk about you know just your everyday regular run-of-the-mill black woman doing a heroic act we usually talk about them in some kind of negative manner oh she embarrassed herself doing this she was twerking this that the third we're always saying something negative about a black woman but we never talk about situations like this so i think it it really is important to state it but just to kind of summarize it uh basically cheyenne belmar she was buying toys from a woman who was hanging out at a northwest indianapolis gas station on december 20th belmar then agreed to give this woman a ride to the store but she kind of felt that something seemed off and in quotes delmar and kelmar uh sorry delmar and curry her cousin said they came up with the plan to take the woman to a store and call the police to arrest her there so they wouldn't be traced as people called her in mm-hmm. first the cousins called the columbus police who then told them to call the indianapolis metropolitan police department when they called the indianapolis police the woman just struggled to get the point across that they believed that jackson the woman who had sold this uh, child was in their car Can't they got it. frustrated they hung up and then they took the woman to just several more stores hoping that she would probably shoplift and then draw the attention of the authorities. They, they worried that taking her to a police station might cause her to run. And so basically, Curry, the cousin, said that throughout the shopping trip, she made calls to detectives trying to relay all the information she received from her cousin about the belief that, quote, May, what the woman called herself, was a suspected kidnapper. Um, but basically... In the end, they were able to get their car. Their, uh, the police was able to track them down where they were, stop the car, and it made May kind of like get a little bit antsy and everything like that. And mm-hmm. I think they ended up taking her into custody, right? But at the end of the day, they still didn't have this baby. So right. how they ended up finding the baby was that they the woman left a clue in the car. She left like a bus, like a bus uh, route map or something like that in the car. So they said, okay, how about we just go to, like drive through all the bus stops and see if we can find the car that you know because they knew that the car uh, based on the description of uh, where the baby was uh, carjacked, they. Mm-hmm knew what the car's make and model was and kind of like the color and stuff like that so they said okay if we find that car at one of these bus stops that most likely is where the baby's gonna be so they ended up like just when they were about to give up like when they thought okay you know this is a bus they ended up seeing like a car covered in snow that looked kind of like the color of the car and the make of the model and they go to the back of the car and they see a baby like little legs moving in the back where it was like i had chills bro reading this story like and That's it ended crazy. up being the baby and like they notified the police mind you the police was across the street at blaze pizza uh getting pizza didn't even the thing you know was how they do. you know how pizza do <laughs> you know how police do 
<laughs> right under their nose, the baby was right there. They didn't even, they couldn't even solve the mystery. A whole two black women did a whole FBI investigation and solved it themselves. And simple police couldn't even do it. So kudos to Delmar and Curry for really like, you know, finding this baby literally on their own with really little help from the authorities, honestly speaking. Tyler I mean, Perry better pick this up. This would yeah, be a good I movie. I mean, there's so Hell many yeah. ways you could spin right, this right. and actually make it into, if not a movie, maybe like a two-part series. Right. Like, right. Something because, my goodness, it just goes to show, like, you put our, our brilliant and creative minds because yep. they ended up accounting these events in a 16 part thread on TikTok like right that's a fact to, to take those and develop them into some screenplay right <laughs> seriously telling you man that, yeah. shout out to them it's mm-hmm. crazy like just when I was seeing like, I can't imagine how the parents were feeling like right before Christmas you're losing mm-hmm. your child right. your precious everything that and that those babies I don't even think they were a year old so they no. even probably experienced their first yep. Christmas yet yeah. So for that family's like, like this is some special time that we are missed of this thing that we gave to the world that we're contributing to their growth, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy that you know everything was settled and, and yeah. we're able to uh, get get the baby back. But I was just reading into that story, like because we know abduction is real in this country, bro. Exactly. Like, about like babies, even human beings getting abducted, like it's. It's not that, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, advocate for it, but it's not that hard for someone to abduct a baby. You know yeah, I mean? seriously. The part about it is that there's so many cases of this happening, but the media don't portray it. Exactly. But it happens every day. Like, you know, you go to True Crime and you watch all those videos, missing 17-year-old, 10-year-old, 10-month-old, missing right. since 2006. And we know probably what happened to them. Like, we can kind of guess. And I, I hate thinking about that, that there's evil and immoral people. But these situations happen. And so... Um, I'm just happy that, you know, this, you know, this transpired in a positive way. And mm-hmm. I think it says a lot to us. Like if we aspire to be future parents and whatnot, like just be mindful, be careful. Don't leave your kid. Like there's so many situations. I see people leave their kids in the car, right. leave their kids in the car and they go in a gas station. They go to the store and it's like, bro, what are you doing? Like bring your right. kid with you. Why are you that lazy that you can't bring your child with you? Right. I know you. It might be a mom. Whatever the, it might, they might be heavy, but whatever the, you got to keep them safe. That is your prized possession. And for me, I would do anything for my kid. I would not. Yeah. I don't even have a child right now. I would die for my kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll ensure. I'll jump off a cliff, whatever the case may be, to, to make sure that they have the ability to live the life that they deserve. Yeah. So I, I love the story of how this transpired. You know what I mean? And speaking to babies, we know we seen Frito Bang, a popular rapper. Help a couple conceive a baby, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And there's been a lot of controversy about what happened. It was actually a lesbian couple mm-hmm. who extremely was like strictly not, you know, I'm not going to complete the word, but uh, the end of the, at, at the end of the day. <laughs> Thanks for uh, catching yourself, all because we know it's a G-rated podcast, right? <laughs> it's a G-rated podcast, so you got to be careful, you know, right. be, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Frito Bang, uh, apparently he met this lesbian couple at Miami and they formed a personal relationship. And the controversy was that uh, basically, you know, like how how are you able to interact and engage, you know, in a sexual manner with these two women that are lesbian? Like, yeah, lying, it says IVF and this and that. But they had to go in shade room and confirm their first baby 
uh, um, Parker was born by IVF, and then the second baby was born through the rapper who they have a personal relationship with, mm. and so they do their things as well. And what is beautiful about it is, is that he has come and announced that I'm happy to be a father to this child, and also, which is super rare, super rare, he's claimed the older child who's not related to him by blood by any means but it's like that's my child too. Oh wow! Like, I'm that's take interesting. It, and, I'm, and I'm happy to be a father for that child too. Wow, you know I mean? Frito. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I love that. Shout out to him because a lot of men, I can't say I, I would do that. Like my child is my child. And, I, I, you know I wonder I mean? the so, tie of their connection. Like this is an interesting. I don't think I've seen this kind of relationship before. A lesbian couple and a straight male rapper. Um, he a goat. He a that, goat. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> this is an interesting yeah. dynamic. And it's like, do they have actual real feelings for this man? Like, nah, they got to have feelings. They're, the fact that they, like, did, they're lesbian and the fact that they, you know, they are intimate and stuff. And, like and that. what's the incentive for child. him? What's the incentive for him, though? What does he gain from knowing that? He, they, wants be, he wants to be a father. Like he said it in an interview. He says, I'm happy. I've always wanted to be a father. But some people, they got to find the right person. And I was going to say, but, what, but why a lesbian couple? It could, why not a single, a single woman? Like, I mean, I, like, I'm just wondering where this, you know, like, it's an interesting way to want to be a dad. Like, I guess yeah. from the kind of man, how he identifies as is what I'm saying. I just, I'm surprised, you know, but shout out to him for helping these women. And at the same time, I guess, like fulfilling a goal of his to be a dad that's that's an interesting interesting way to do it you know you you see something new in this country every day oh so, <laughs> just to put it lightly <laughs> they have a multi-parent household i was know, gonna say this there's a three-parent household um, yeah that's interesting I, I know you know we talk so much about how children should be raised and they should come from a two-parent married mm -hmm. family no. and you know it, the child is going to be loved and cared for then mm -hmm. why do we care like no that's that's valid yeah we that's had valid. so much so much not we but the world had so much to say with regards to kiki palmer and her boyfriend right. you know becoming parents and face so much criticism regarding not being a non-traditional black family and right you know it just be happy it's wonderful news children are blessings especially when they can be taken care of and they're right. well supported so shout out to to everybody becoming parents which right now we've learned that uh our um beloved tennis player the new i don't want to say the new new serena williams yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, no. nah. serena got her that. own yeah yeah well, <laughs> no, but i was gonna not even so much that because serena started off as you know people kind of looking at her like is she really gonna be the top tier player that she is today so i don't mm -hmm. want to give naomi serena's identity i want her to surpass that so right right naomi osaka stands in her own yeah. right and she and her Low boyfriend queen. corday are mm -hmm. pregnant um, mm -hmm. She announced this Pregnant? I feel like recently, um, <laughs> but right before uh, she withdrew from another tennis tournament, mm -hmm. they were about to kind of get it popping and she made this announcement on yeah. social media. So we're happy for her. Yeah, I was congrats. surprised, to be honest, but, you know, it's yeah, just like girl, squirrel. I guess I was surprised, but, you know, like I think something i'm learning especially as i continue to get older is that like these p celebrities like 
prominent figures in mm. our society they also have dreams and goals outside of what we know them to be you know mm-hmm. and they're as whatever they do at the, as their core career so she's a tennis player we know her as a tennis player but what says that she like what says that she doesn't also have the ability and the desire to be a mom you know like and that's something yeah. that she's now also fulfilling as well so right. i think that's a beautiful thing for her to be experiencing and i'm super happy that she's going to so, be undergoing this new chapter this was not expected for her uh this pregnancy but i love that you know she was conscientious enough for her and her body and the man that she with uh corday who's an amazing man who's been on ted talks who I've listened to podcasts with him and, you know, discussing like his intellectual property and his artistry and who he, uh, who he is as a man. Mm. And I'm very happy. And, you know, we could liken this to uh Kiki Palmer situation, ASAP Rocky and Rihanna situation. Right. Um, and people, they get so uh, enamored with, Oh, they should be married. This should, they should do this and that. But I rather have a two parent household and not them not be married, but them are, they're fulfilling their love mm-hmm. and able to feel that same love with their child right. and be in a married household where there's domestic abuse, where the child is not right. treated, where they're not supported. And so I love this because they made a decision together, you know, right. and when I see them, I see love like Corday's always put it on. Like you see on IG, same thing with her. He's mm-hmm. at her games every time she's playing tennis and she's at his concerts. Mm-hmm. Like they are not without each other. You know what I mean? Right. And so there's a greater meaning to this. And the fact that they were able to make that decision and move forward and say, hey, I think this is a great time to do this. And even despite she's pretty young in her career and it, it could affect, you know, the trajectory of her career. But motherhood, like having the opportunity to be a mother and be a parent, that's probably one of the most beautiful things you could do on this she's earth. already had so many accolades at this point yeah. like yes. what what are you really sweating about I me mean, you could say millions, that, yeah she got millions. you could you know say I mean? that oh i could still do this i could still do that but then right. like you've there's so much that like you could potentially do in life but that doesn't mean that having a child is going to necessarily like take you off that path completely she could still find time maybe a couple years when the child is older to go back and like win more awards if that's is her desire maybe she says she's done and she's she's happy what she has and you know regardless of her her situation is like we should support her either way because like it's her life and we all have our own autonomy and they deserve their autonomy too so yeah i I totally agree yeah yeah and the well when you said it or a couple minutes or a couple seconds ago rather in terms of like how things are kind of changing um, relationship wise, like as opposed to having a child in a two family, um, two parent married uh, household. Mm-hmm. Some people are choosing <clears throat> not to get married at this point, but it doesn't mean that they love each other any less right. and that the children will be loved any less. Um, there are a lot of people kind of following in that um I guess on that path, if you will, of kind of staying with each other, but not getting married. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see if this will kind of take root in other areas, other places like abroad. Right. Um, For example, we have Cristiano Ronaldo, a soccer player and his girlfriend, I believe of five years, Georgina Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. And they are now living in Saudi Arabia and Saudi Mm -hmm. Arabia has bended Right. The marriage laws for them to kind of coexist. So Cristiano is arguably the most famous soccer 
uh, or football player in the world. Right. And yeah. he signed a multi-million dollar contract with Saudi Arabian football club Al Nasser. And part of the deal is that Ronaldo will be able to live with his longtime partner, Georgina Rodriguez, who mm -hmm. I told y'all she has her own reality show on mm -hmm. Netflix. And right. they'll be able to live together. Now, it's been reported that the laws in the kingdom, quote unquote, prohibit cohabitation without mar a marriage contract. But Correct. the Saudi authorities will reportedly, quote, turn a blind eye to Ronaldo's living arrangements. So Correct. <clears throat> it's going to be interesting, like I said, to see the trajectory of how other uh, other countries will determine some of these countries are strict. Like you can't cohabitate. You can't. You know, it's amazing what a little bit of money and power can do when it comes Honestly, to when it comes yeah. to turning a blind. It's amazing how much <laughs> eyesight can just go just go hate. Hey, so, yeah. well, man, I'm living together, <laughs> but you bringing in millions. I mean, but it's, it's tragic if that's yeah. going to be the the sole reason. So right. because I contribute to your country, that's that's the reason. Like y'all don't just want to kind of go yeah. with the times and actually see right. how life is being lived and make right. necessary changes for everybody like so we're just gonna amend the rich at this point okay cool exactly like you like you know Isabella said Ronaldo he you know he's been with this woman since 2016 mm -hmm. I believe they have three children together mm -hmm. and this is like almost 200 million dollar contract for like two years or something like that and for them, like, it's really a money game. It's a revenue yeah. game, you know. Mm -hmm. And Saudi Arabia is probably one of the strictest places exactly. that you could go. And when we homes. talk about women, like, uh, you know, uh, like, we, it, it, I think it was like 2017 and 2018 was the first year that they allowed Saudi Arabian women to be able to drive, like, have mm. driver licenses. You know what I'm saying? Wow, That's how right. serious <laughs> The, yeah, I remember reading the article and I was like, wow, this is just mind blowing. So the fact that they're bending the law to allow Cristiano Ronaldo and his wife or fiance or whatever the case may be. Girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, That's girlfriend. really it. That's it, but girlfriend. It we don't got to add more to it. It is, it is what it is. <laughs> Let's not. But, yo, they're about to pay. They they offered Messi, who's the greatest you know player right now. He They offered Messi. Well, it's arguable. You know, me and Jared, we could talk about it. But... What, what, why, how, why is it gonna be a you and Jared thing? What's wrong with talking about it with me? You're oh. with your co-host, with your lovely female co-host. No, because I was gonna assume Jared's gonna say something different. I'm sorry. Okay. But Messi, uh, but they offer him also like a over 200 plus contract, mil contract for him to mm -hmm. get over there. So I'm like, well, Saudi Arabia got mad bread. They got a lot of oil. Like, but I, this is like another topic. I'm just thinking Saudi Arabia also has a lot of. Uh, oppression and we talk about in terms of poverty too mm. you have so much money but then you got so much impoverished people there so it's just crazy when you see these articles yeah we're giving millions and millions of dollars for, what about your own people that's suffering in in the streets out there right they can't even get access to food people living on five ten dollars a day but that's an aside at the end yeah. of the day you know what i mean so it is what it is yeah, I don't think that to to Isabel's earlier point about having money, like I think those are going to be the people that will mm -hmm. enjoy the impacts of, you know, having a blind eye turn to their whatever it is. Exactly. I personally do not think that there will be anything socially liberal coming out of these strict countries for people who cannot pay. That's facts. something, you know, yeah. like it's like an almost like an investment. You want to live well? Well, here's what you have to do. Right. So.
Yeah, no, money and make the world cream. Cash rules everything around me. And that's it. Get the money. You know, this is a medical podcast, so it wouldn't be around the list if we didn't talk about our awareness month, which this month is cervical awareness month. Mm -hmm. Um, So cancer of the uterine cervix is actually the third most common gynecologic cancer diagnosis and cause of death among gynecologic uh, cancers in the United States. It actually, in 2020, accounted for an estimated 604,000 new cancer cases and 342,000 deaths worldwide, and was the most fourth common cancer um, among females. And usually, actually, these cases arise from resource-limited regions. Um, so in those uh, countries, th- that was actually the second most common type of cancer and the third mm. most common cause of cancer mortality, um, especially on the continent of Africa and in Central America. Cervical cancer is actually the leading cause of cancer-related mortality among females. And um, at least one study actually suggests that the incidence of cervical cancer has been increasing in some parts of Africa since the early 2000s. And so us in medicine, we know kind of risk factors of cervical cancer, uh, biggest risk factor being HPV infection, um, which, you know, is from early, or at least in terms of what make somebody infected with HPV, uh, that includes just early onset of sexual activity or having multiple sexual partners, um, a history of having uh, STI slash STDs, being immunosuppressed or just smoking, you know, cigarettes. These are all things that can uh, lead to uh, HPV infection. But the funny thing is that like most, if not everybody, um, actually has been exposed to an HPV infection at least once in their lifetime. Um, it's just the fact that the older you get, the harder it is to clear off, right? So when you're younger, usually if you're infected with HPV, it can, uh, with time, could eventually clear off versus mm-hmm. if you're older, sometimes it won't be able to clear off as easily and then it can now progress to cancer, which is what makes it um, something that can be detrimental if you are not vaccinated against HPV. So as of now, in terms of vaccination guidelines, um, the recommendations is to vaccinate uh, 11 to 12-year-olds to protect them long before they're ever exposed. And so they actually recommend a two-dose schedule. And for people who get the first dose, it should be before their 15th birthday. I will say for myself, like I didn't know about, you know, the importance of HPV vaccination coming from a uh, Nigerian household. They're like, what is yeah. HPV? Like, you mm-hmm. shouldn't even be open up your legs to begin with. So what are you I, getting? So marriage. Right? Are you mad? The funny thing is I think you can even get it from... From like, can't you get it from like <laughs> kissing or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You, I think you can get it from kissing too. So it's like, mm-hmm. like or saliva or something like that. So it's yeah. like, there's so many ways it can be infected. So you don't have to necessarily be probably even be sexually active to you know, have been exposed to it. Of it too. Right. I, I was going to say that's the thing in terms of the infection. Yeah, you can contract HPV in other ways. Exactly. Um, but in terms of the cervical cancer portion of. The, the, like you you need to have sexual intercourse in order for that to yeah m- so, exactly yeah. um but it, I, I mean in in today's day where people just seem to be way more um i don't know it's not educated it definitely is no. educated i think Mm-mm. they're just way more inundated with information because we're right. in the age of the internet like times 50 and people don't always know what to do with the information they receive. They just, they latch on to everything. I wonder what rates of vaccination will be, like what that trend will look like right? Um, yeah. in years to come. Because, you know, we've all, we've talked about it till we're blue in the face on the podcast about the mistrust of black people with regards to the medical community. And right. we've talked about the Tuskegee <clears throat> 
the Tuskegee incident where, you know, the vaccinations occurred and they were given syphilis and people don't trust the medical mm-hmm. community because of that. So now we have the COVID pandemic, right? right. And we have all these vaccinations that people there go get your first one, go get mm-hmm. your booster, go get this. And then I've seen lately people linking the COVID vaccine to like cardiac arrest for example yeah there's all these um, like there, it's just, yeah <laughs> there's so many there's so many theories. hypotheses and conspiracy mm-hmm. theories right mm-hmm. so yep. and the people that are the most in my opinion the, the people that talk about it the most are like people who are about to become parents or who right. are parents now of children Facts. who will be teenagers soon so, yep. right so it'll really be interesting and possibly sad to see you know, how they'll be educated and what they will do with that education to help prevent. Because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, these, the, is it HPV 7 and 13, I want to say, are the types? I don't remember, sketchy. Six, yeah, six, I was say 16 six. and 18, I okay. believe, are the ones See, that are. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Oh, you remember? It's just because I'm currently in that life right now of like step. Well, I'm I didn't start yes, step one studying step just one yet, one but studying. like I'm studying, you know, right. kind of preliminarily. So I'm this kind of information is still somewhat fresh in my brain. For the review, but we know that those types, like they beyond a shadow of a doubt, will cause yeah. or can cause cervical cancer. So I don't know. People just need to take the information and try to work prevention into their lives as best as they can. And I think an important point I actually even forgot to mention too, um, like what I was saying is that I didn't, wasn't privy to the importance of the vaccinations if I told later. So like, yeah. I actually just got funny enough. It's like, we we're talking about it on the podcast, but I literally just mm-hmm. got my last dose of the Gardasil yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's just because after I took OB-GYN, I said, yep, it's not going to be me. And I scheduled my Gardasil, like, three-dose <laughs> yeah. vaccine. And actually, uh, you know, in terms of people who actually don't get it before their 15th birthday, those who are 15 and older, they actually recommend a three-dose schedule, which is what mm-hmm. I got. And in general, they actually recommend to be vaccinated against HPV for anyone who's 26 years and uh, 26 years older under. So for yeah. me, I guess I was still, like, it was still a recommended age for me to get it because I Isn't finished 26? it. Yeah, I just turned twenty five like a like a week. Oh, well, yo, baby, ago. son. Uh, oh well, Boy. yeah. So well, we don't have to talk well, about you know. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> this is just for the listeners, for you guys' own education. Yeah. Like, if you feel like it's too late yeah. for you, it's not. Most likely, it probably isn't. You know, and even if you probably are older, twenty six, you probably could still benefit from the hey, vaccine I'm too. I'm getting mine. So I don't care uh, what you're talking about. I Vax- think men. I don't think they recommend it for men. That's funny. That's a funny thing. I think they say but for men, it's less I, likely right, for that so to. Speaking to that, so I had an ex-girlfriend whose son was, I think, like 11 or 12, mm-hmm. and she was, like, debating shit, because it's not, like, it's not, recommend, like, it's not, you don't it's have not to get required. Yeah, it's not required vaccine, men, yeah. but she was, like, talking to me about, like, should I get it, should he get it or not, like, making mm-hmm. that decision, because it's kind of, like, an optional thing, and I just educated her, like, educated her on, like, you know, like, the anorectal carcinoma, right? you know, and also, it may not affect him, but it may affect if he has other sexual partners, if he contracts it from someone and he can spread it to other women. So that's true. I recommended that he does have it. But in terms of men themselves, they may not necessarily have like significant, like severe symptoms. You're not going to get cervical cancer. Cervical cancer could be, you know, that, that significantly kills, unfortunately, a lot of black women. disproportionately. So uh, with that being said, like even when I was in high school, that, 
that um that vaccination wasn't out. It's kind of recent, like within the last ten years mm. that the HPV vaccine has really come out. Mm. And I think that it's definitely helped with like decreasing like the transmission and things of that nature. And again, it goes to education in our community, mm-hmm. mistrust. Erica said it best. We hear so much of this information, but what does it mean? What does it mean to our health? What does it mean for our relationship? What does it mean for moving forward with our lives and the way that we behave? Yeah. And we have to, the onus is on us to continue to have these discussions with our children, with ourselves, with mm-hmm. our family, with the people that we're relation, in relationships with in terms of what are the repercussions and moving recklessly. And if you can protect yourself, I'm like, why not protect yourself? Take take the Absolutely. next step. Like there's things that you could walk out. I could walk outside. I'm in my house right now. I could walk outside right now. A helicopter could just fly and drop on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, we hear you all the there's there's so much That's so true. much possibilities that could happen yeah. from from this. And I think it is good that you want to prevent spread. Um yes. and with that, you know, we hope all of our listeners takes this um into account in terms of how you want to take ownership of your health and for anybody else who you know could benefit from this vaccine. No, it's facts. So uh yeah, I know what time it is. <laughs> It is the financial c- c- corner, corner, corner. Hey, okay. <laughs> wait till yo, me and Jeffrey, we got, we got, we got, we got the, uh, we got the beats dropping. So we're going to have our bars and everything. So okay. stay tuned, family. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, today we're going to be talking about how to write a business plan and a business plan essentially, uh, because I think number one is for a lot of us that's, you know, listening, you may not want to be a business owner today, but you might want to be a business owner Late, you know, later on in the future, a lot of the people that's the main family, they are going to be future physicians and they may want to own their own practice. But even outside that, you may want to own your own skincare line. You may brand your own like Instagram page, social media, etc. So a business plan allows you to actually advocate for the product that you're promoting out there. You know what I'm saying? And every plan is different. And typically a business plan is usually 15 to 25 pages long. So. One of the main things that you want to do, the first thing is create an executive summary. So in this section, what happens is that you communicate why your business is unique and what does it have to offer to your potential customers. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've actually created my own business plan because I have a lotion, I have a name and all that. I met with cosmetic chemists and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Yeah, yeah, stay tuned. Ah, Heard you. Go ahead. All of you making money moves. Okay. Got the the book coming out. Got the, you know. Yes, the book. That is so amazing. I saw that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Congrats. Is it it already out? Uh, It's coming out January 29th. Okay. All right. I'll be watching out. I got to support. I got to support. My my CBJ. (laughs) <laughs> I can't. Not <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you want to you want to summarize the advantages of your business. So, for instance, if you're in the skincare or like in the you know in the industry of you know uh, beauty, why is your line going to be promoted in other skincare lines? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is it something about the smells? Is it something about what is it adding exfoliating to the skin? Mm-hmm. Is it something about rejuvenating, et cetera, et cetera? So you want to be able to promote that, you know, and there's ways you can do that, especially with social media and Instagram and use research and data to support your ideas as well. We are mm-hmm. in the we are in the age where Google Google is one of the most important tools. You can, YouTube, YouTube right. is the most one of the most important. You could learn how to build a whole house off of YouTube. You right. know what I'm saying? You could learn how to, you know, be a sanitation worker from YouTube. So 
Use YouTube to learn about the industry that you're in and then help execute your plan. Next, learn about the description of your company. So what what is your company going to be like? You know what I'm saying? So what type of company structure? So it could be LLC, uh, S corporation, a C corporation. I could get into that, but those are different forms of businesses that, mm-hmm. you know, you could actually integrate into that. You know what I mean? You can include information about the size. So I'm saying that to say, like thinking about the trajectory of your company, how big did you want it to be? So a company, for instance, if you open up a lounge, there's probably going to be way more employees than if you're starting a business where it's online and right. you're going to be marketing, uh, you know, like a lotion line. You're going to have, it might be one or two versus like, I don't know, 15, 20 employees. Right. I mean, so give a description and then a description of your products and services. You know what I mean? Uh, Operations. So in the operations section, you got to talk about what, where are you at? You know what I'm saying? In terms of like, have you, for instance, met with uh, other investors? Have you found a venue where you want to sell this, uh, where you want to actually have your business at? You know what I mean, are mm-hmm. there any other collaborators that you're working with and mm-hmm. what the day to day will be like? So when are you going to open shop? Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nine to five. It's going to be 24 hours. Like you look at Planet Fitness, they're a 24 hour business. So the operations are 24 hours. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, other things are outline any risks with the businesses as well. So things like with Planet Fitness, for instance, a risk that they got to take is someone get injured at the actual while working out. Right. You might mm-hmm. have like a popliteal tear. Or you might have like a biceps, you know, uh, you know, some information in your biceps or biceps or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you navigate that? So you're going to have to do your research on the background and say, how do I protect myself against those kind of things? Because you're building an asset and you don't want to be a liability. So you got mm-hmm. things like insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Right. Uh, analysis. So competitive analysis. So look at your competition. What is your competition looking like? Right. So Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, or, you know, for instance, you look at McDonald's, they're in competition with Burger King, they're in competition with Crystals, or in New York and in Northeast, which is, um, uh, what you call it, White Castle. Mm-hmm. What are the differences? What are what? What is a product that you're bringing that makes it so different that you're like, people got to pull up to you rather than pull up to the other spots? Right. What are you bringing that they feel more comfortable Right. It may, it may be discounts. It may be, oh, your prices are cheaper and the food is way better mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, and explain how you're going to adapt your business to successfully compete against the other businesses. You know what I mean? How do you interact with the market that you're reaching for? And then last, um, think about like an analyzing the market that you're in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So look at like your avatar. Same thing goes with podcasts too. You got to know like, what is your target? Like, are you looking at African-Americans that are from the ages of 18 to 30. Uh, are you looking at, you know, like, for instance, like I want to own a neuropsychiatry practice. So it's probably going to be majority. My target audience is going to be people from the ages of uh, 55 and older that are mm-hmm. white women and men, because that's the majority of people that get some form of dementia, neuropsych or neurocognitive diseases. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Looking at that and how you're going to target your focus of your business to those specific individuals at the end of the day. A quick question, Alden, but uh, in terms of like if, you know, once you make this business plan and then all the steps you've already talked about that you should, you know, make sure to fulfill, 
to have a good business plan, mm. who is the first person you're going to with this business plan to like execute it and kind of analyze that this fulfills everything that you just talked about? Is it a bank? Is it a yeah. financial advisor? Like what? Who exactly? All of those bank, financial advisor, uh, mm-hmm. OP, other, uh, other people, uh, OPM is other people's money. People that are willing to invest in the business that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it could be even your family member. That might be someone that might consider... Uh, looking into your business and helping you out. They might be the person that's on the front desk at the reception. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it could be any of those people. It could be even a random person you meet on the street too, because mm-hmm. you never know who you meet, who you come across, you know? So those are some of the tenants and we could go into more, but I just want to break down like the fact that of the matter is that having a business plan, if you have a business and I want everybody, remember if you have only one stream of income, then it's, one one more than zero streams income. So mm. being able to uh, cultivate that, that allows you to be diverse. You don't have to rely on just being a physician and being in the hospital. Mm. You could be like, yo, I got like Toro, I got my car rental business or mm-hmm. I got my, uh, uh, you know, online uh, coaching business mm-hmm. or, you know what I'm saying? Like I got my, you know, uh, uh, like event-based business where people come to my house and can host events, right? So there's different ways to navigate that. You got to know and then utilize your skills. You know, right. at the end of the day. So if you know that you're good with hair, people tell you good with hair, have, have a salon in your spot. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. don't, it don't got to be extravagant. People mm-hmm. can just pull up and you do it at your leisure. Right. You know, that's side bread that you, or if you know you're doing really well in school, especially for my med students that's tutoring, you could tutor, not even in, you could tutor outside of med school. You could have your own tutoring. One of my boys is a cardiologist out here in Atlanta. He has his own tutoring business. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Yo, I was able to pay, help pay for my down payment for a crib out here in Decatur off of doing that. You know what I mean? Wow. Right. So, wow. I mean, he he be working mad hard, but still, like, it's still side money, you know, and for us, we don't make a lot of money. The average resident makes $60,000 a year uh, in uh, residency. So being able to have those skills and learn about that early on for my med school student folks, even if you got an Uber, whatever the case may be, do something that it creates additive value. You know, you can't build more money unless you have some have money come it. in. Right. Yep. So that's what it is, right? We love that. Another financial corner by Dr. Aldwin himself. That's it. So, you know, that's our show. We appreciate y'all joining us for the episode of SNMA presents the lounge. (laughs) And let us know your thoughts about the discussions we had today or access a question for a chance to be featured on the show by emailing us at podcast at SNMA.org. Be sure to follow the SNMA on all our social media platforms to stay up to date on upcoming events. Thanks for tuning in. Y'all take care. Bye, guys. We out, deuces. Sorry, I love (laughs) you.